This is Boom Goddess Radio, igniting inspiration in primetime women. We are Jennifer Davis Page, Bebe Peters, and Dr. Andrea Gould. Welcome to part two of the interview with Katherine Kellner from the Human Communication Studio. The three of us sat down with Katherine last week to discuss our story, how we came together, and what we're all about. We will pick up where we left off. Do you think that your self-knowledge, knowing who you are, your life experiences, and having come through those, influenced the way you presented yourselves to one another? I was just thinking, I wonder if you were thinking about what they were thinking about you, which is a totally different kind of interaction. Years ago, I heard someone say, when you're 25 and you walk in a room, you wonder if anybody's going to like you. When you're 65 and you walk in a room, you wonder if you're going to like anybody. All right? <laughs> I don't think we ever went there. We kind we no, we didn't. We didn't go there. We, we weren't self-conscious. No, not at all. We were self-possessed. <laughs> I mean, each of us is self-possessed, so we weren't self-conscious. It was so organically um, conceived that we almost skipped that step and jumped right next to the right into the commitment. I would like to start to ask how that's reflected in your radio show, because what you just said is really interesting. I have listened to a couple of them where you've had guests and they're talking about highly personal things, and I all of a sudden my heart starts to beat a little bit like, are you going to say that out loud? Mm -hmm. And you all just are in stride, and it, it's about the reality and the authenticity of an experience. I'm wondering, did you plan for that? Was that a mission? Did you say, let's be open but have boundaries on what comes out in our dialogue? Or did you have any kind of conversations about that? No, no. I think that uh, we are... Uh, all three of us uh, are in this place in space and time where we are ready in our lives to uh, bring out the best in others and to present and offer a platform for connection and opportunity for growth. Um, and for me personally, a lot of the growth for me has been uh, around spirituality and growing in that um, arena and uh, working on uh, meditation more, on uh, going inside and understanding my own growth and being more receptive uh, and learning even at a far greater pace than I did before. Um, and that has helped me to uh, be more open and welcoming of all the other different perspectives and, uh, and approaches and themes that we address. I think we all agree about the importance of learning and that anytime there's a frustration or a kink in the life path or a crossroads, that it's really about, okay, what do we need to learn here in terms of how we work together and how we've worked, in a sense, in the dynamic of producing creative material. So we look upon it as a learning process. We've had frustrations mostly with technology, not with right. each other, but you know, in terms of technology. Um, we've learned each other's strengths and willingnesses 
Um, we know who to ask, who not to ask about certain kinds of things. So I think that, like Bibi says, you know, having an open sense of um, willingness, having a receptivity, we can take on challenges that might seem negative or may stop somebody else in their tracks. We just, you know, take a look at it and see maybe there's another way to go and between the three of us or among the three of us, there's just no end to the resources. One of the things that I was really um, happy about when we got started was that we were offering an, a, a platform for women that maybe aren't as sure of themselves as other women are. And I wanted, the, I wanted and I'm, I'm happy to hear that when you, Catherine, listened to our podcast, did you feel like you were eavesdropping on some, some women just having some great conversation? Is that how you felt? Yes, and I, I think uh, that's why I'm interested in this question because it's unpredictable, right? You you just had somebody on and there was no prep. They just told their real story, exactly. which is full of all sorts of real life situations. It's not glossed over. And I feel when I listen to them that your reactions are authentic. Maybe it was in the self-care, one of Very the self-care yes. ones. Mm -hmm. And you said, I have a stack of journals, you know, that, are, that aren't written then. And, and and then on the air, you said, maybe I'll pick one of those up and start writing again. And then you said, well, give them to me. I'll feel, I mean, <laughs> there is this natural exchange of the reality of what all of us face and, and being introduced to a new idea that's been sitting on the shelf for a while. Exactly. Maybe it's time to take action, maybe not. So not only in your guest do I feel like I'm eavesdropping, there's also a natural reaction to... I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that process because when we choose what we're going to do, very often, you know, again, to use the word organically, it will just arise. And uh, we got into the habit of meeting once a week and, and having a talk about where we might go, what direction. And there was a time um, last year when there was that big, there was a week of horror that at that mm -hmm. point was unusual just last year. At that point. Mm -hmm. A whole week of horror. And we just sat the three of us together and said, we can't have a guest. We just have to have a conversation among the three of us. And we did. And it is one of the episodes that has gotten so much listenership and so many wonderful comments that it was just the three of us just talking. We were very moved. Is this the chaos of the world? Yes, yes, yes. I yes, felt that. Yeah. Yes. And, um, and I like, I like when we do that. I think we've, we're good communicators with each other. And we have such different entry points as we enter into a conversation. And I think that's what makes it so wonderful that we are, the three of us are very different in so, in so many ways, different backgrounds. And it it just kind of came together so beautifully. You would think that uh, for it to work, we would be more alike than we are, but that's not the case at all. I want to ask questions about diversity and common thread, about diverse conversations, and also the common thread that gets pulled together. Can you all speak to that? Well, from a business perspective, um, I was always in uh, the 
corporate um, industry type of uh, work. So I worked as a banker. Then I worked as a chief financial officer for a global architectural firm. And so a lot of responsibilities and a lot of growth as well. And um, then I did my own business, uh, Sage Fields, which was to help uh, business owners start their own nonprofits and then moved to Tucson and worked for a magazine, Natural Awakenings, for two years. And uh, all along that path, um, my spirituality level uh, and growth was occurring. And uh, then when we got uh, together, the uh, uh, three of us, it, uh, it was a natural outflow and extension of what I was already pursuing in my life. Um, and the common thread is that we want to ignite, illuminate, and inspire the women whose hearts and lives that we touch and learn from them and give them the gifts that they may not have access to yet at this point. We also model the possibility just a sense of possibility. You know, each of us is dedicated to growing. And, you know, we come into this as mature women. And I don't think, I know, neither, none, none of us has any ceiling, any sense of, okay, one day I'll retire or anything like that. There's no ceiling. There's just this, this expanding vector of possibility. I've been an entrepreneur all my life. I've never worked for anyone, save six years in a school system when I first mm -hmm. became a school psychologist. But having that freedom has just been, and I'm grateful for it every day. And there are times when Glenda, the agenda, you know, might kind of put some boundaries on my starburst <laughs> so that we could get something done. But I think that the uh, experience of being an entrepreneur has enabled me to think outside the box all the time. And so it's so important to have the, the diversity among us in terms of a linear process at times or a nonlinear process at yes, times. Yes, and I'm glad you brought up the, the sort of imagery and concrete ways to think about how you practice entrepreneurship, right? I, I was wanted to back up a little bit. What are the mechanics? Like, what are the day-to-day? -day? Is it organization? Is it getting up on time? Is it routines? What is it that made those jobs you describe uh, work? What What is the practice of that? Right. I think it's being healthy physically. Um, so I've walked ever since I can recall, and it's one of my favorite pastimes. Um, I love to read. Um, I love to uh, listen to music. I love to look at art. Um, uh, there is, I have an internal clock in my system, it seems, having to do with numbers, of course. Um, and so I have a great um, desire to be on time, to show uh, respect for the people that I'm meeting with. Um, I have... Um, I like to uh, respond to people's emails very quickly. Um, I like to honor their time. Uh, and so those have been very important to, to me personally. I think that this is the kind of really interesting nuts and bolts 
when we start to give language like you just described to it, it changes my understanding of how you all work together. And this working for yourself, the anchored in Long Island, I think you, you said something. I can't read. I don't think the word was anchored, but it was something about, you know, dug in there for a long time. I, I dug in for a long time. And uh, it was a funny job because most of the people that I wound up working with really wanted to get out. And so I was like the mythical ferry person. I would help people find ways to get to Colorado or to get to the woods of Maine or to leave and live in Europe. And then 40 years later, there I still was making a living at at doing this on in your a own, sense, this on entrepreneurial, own. having control of your space and time, and right, I, I had a staff of assistants wow. for different projects because, aside from working in the office as a as a therapist, I started a company called Lucid Learning Systems, which basically, similar to what I felt about bringing things out of the consultation room and into the community, I felt that the greatest learning was accelerated in group settings. And so designing um, workshops and seminars and events that were learning events, that were enlightened information for transformation was my mission statement, to teach people, take the brain-mind research that was really coming out of the human potential movement in the 1970s and bring it into an instructional setting like salons, where people could relax and enjoy and learn. I've been a little bit of both. I've been an entrepreneur, and I've had wonderful jobs that I've enjoyed. So I started my career in advertising and marketing, and I was an advertising director for Essence Magazine, which is a, 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 an African-American woman's magazine. And Hugh Hefner sat on the board. He decided that he wanted to bring me to Chicago to work for him. So that's what brought me to Chicago from New York. Uh, I worked for Playboy for for a couple of years, and that worked out very well, and I decided to go into the advertising specialty and premium business, which I learned as a result of my experience with, with Playboy, and did that for 25 years. I was the first business, not African-American business, but first business to have a souvenir shop at what we now call the Taste of Chicago. They did not have any souvenirs. They decided they were, I was going to be their guinea pig. And when they found out how many, how much money was could be made from this, the next year they gave it to somebody's brother-in-law. All right. So, um, welcome to being an entrepreneur and being a woman. All right. And this was in nineteen. I'm wanting to say nineteen seventy two or three. So, I, I've been, I've enjoyed being, as I said, both the roller coaster ride of being an entrepreneur is a little taxing, as we all know, uh, making a lot of money one one quarter and no money the next quarter. That can be challenging. So uh, then I decided at some point I needed to have a job or I needed to have a check every two weeks. And um, got myself into the Amtrak world. Now, I could have been at Amtrak years before I did, but Amtrak was never on my radar because I had so many other fun things I was doing. But I decided that I would... Um, so I started taking groups back and forth from New York to the Montreal Jazz Festival on the train. Oh, very cool. And then, then I decided that 
I really like doing this. And Amtrak said, we like you. Come work for oh, us. Very, so that's, very, how, very that's cool. how that got started and, and my career in the railroad. So I've been, as I said, a little of both. So right now I am an entrepreneur. Well, I'm so glad to hear the, the responses to that last question because I had prepared a question about migration. And I and all of you had some of that in your answer about how all of you migrated here to the desert. What is that migration and the desert and how does it influence all of you where you are at, your, at this time in your lives? I think there's something magical about, not only about the desert, but in particular about Tucson and coming from a life in New York City to have the um, small town quality with enough sophistication and other migrants from other places, other emigres from other places. The first question anybody asks here in Tucson is, where are you from? And my current assistant, I said, where are you from? She said, I've grown up in Tucson. I'm like, really? You know, but there's something magical about the melting pot that this is. And I think being an immigrant from another part of the country really gives us an incredible compassion for what it takes to reestablish oneself in another place. And I think what it does also, migration is such a uh, unfixed, unpermanent word, right? So you're moving from one place to another to another. And as I have, as you've said, I moved from Poland to Bayshore, Long Island, to Florida, to Seattle, Washington, now to Tucson. And um, I always admired, well, initially my father, who made the migration at first, to leave everything behind and to start anew and to create community wherever you are. So I feel that Tucson is my home. So someone says, where is your home? I said, Tucson is, is my home. That's where I live. And um, I cannot explain sufficiently the joy and the grandeur that one feels by not being connected to a uh, space, to being free and loose and, com and comfortable as you move. I think that's a beautiful word, beautiful word. And in the network of extraordinary women, we find that uh, the women, a lot of the women that are, are coming to uh, sit with us and to meet with us are from other parts of the country. They've come to Tucson and I don't know if they heard the drums beating or what, but that took them right to Vivace, you know, <laughs> and they would, they'd stand up and they introduce themselves and they say, I'm from Minnesota and I'm down here and uh, my husband came down for work or for whatever reason, divorce, uh, children are grown, wanted to be someplace warm. And they heard about the network of extraordinary women and they wanted to be someplace where they could meet extraordinary women and um, and grow friendships. And that's what that has done for a lot of women that are newbies to town. How did you find Tucson? What was the... I have a girlfriend that I... Uh, we were friends for 40 years. We, we were young women in Chicago together. And her husband built her a home here and they were snowbirds. He died, and she decided that she was going to sell her home in Chicago and stay down in Tucson. So I would come back and visit every once, just once. And she said, if you ever decide to retire, you should consider Tucson. So I knew one person wow. when I moved down here. And uh, so 
it it gave me everything I wanted though. It gave me it was a beautiful city, and it gave me shoes off on Christmas Day. Yeah. <laughs> so when you think about this process of migration in your own lives, and we're talking again in physical space and experience, how how do you think that influences the way you think about your radio show? and the migration of growth in a person. How, how do you think that informs this idea? We, we have these concepts, spiritual growth, or I'm growing, but what is that really? You know, it's for someone, it's, it, it is a, an evolution or a migration from one way of being to another, I, which I, requires mm. all of the metaphors of packing or unpacking or purging or, right? So I would love you guys to talk about how that might be an undercurrent the thing that excites me most is is change in terms of what it entails, what it creates within us. And it's a process. It's a transition. It's a letting go of habits that no longer work, routines that no longer serve, and a deconstruction of a life where you leave everything behind enables you to create from scratch what you envision. And that's one of the things that I think migrating to a new place can afford the same way as being in a new relationship or having a new project. This is a project that we're working on here. And we address the issue of habit change all the time, every day, whether we're laughing about it, like letting each other know that you're going to have to change that habit in order for us to be successful at the next thing that we're doing. Uh, I think almost every episode that we do involves the psychology of change or managing transition in one way or another. So I look at it through that lens, through the process. And I I look at it through some key words. Are you surprised? And, the, <laughs> and those words right now for me are triumphant and unfussy. So that's how I want to lead my life. Um, and spirituality and growing along that path has gotten me to that point in such an incredible way to finally um, understand that you can actually uh, bring peace and joy and comfort and release angst and confusion and you have that power within you to redirect your thoughts and to bring more pleasure to your life internally, that to me is like the biggest boom of all things, of all lifetimes. I wanted to, um, when I first moved here, there were women that, again, one of those strangers that'll come up to me. I'm not on the train now. I'm just sitting quietly someplace. <laughs> and they would come up and they would tell me stories. And I was telling uh, Andrea and Bibi how much sadness there is in a lot of women that that are over a certain age that didn't have control of the first half of their life. And they don't have control in the second half of their life. So women would tell me that, you know, I'm, I'm down here in Tucson. My husband wanted to come. And all of a sudden I knew I was here. And he didn't ask my permission or didn't ask whether or not I wanted to come. And these were sad stories for me. So Boom Goddess Radio was a place for us to create, for, for Jennifer to let these women listen. Even if they didn't want to talk, I wanted them to be able to go and listen 
to other women's stories. And perhaps there was a woman someplace in America that was in her same situation and got out. Perhaps she's showing her a way to get out or a way to stay in more comfortably. So this is this was really, really important for me to, um, to ha have a platform for women to listen and to learn. And that was, that was really important for me. We so believe that we learn from the people who are most similar to us. So in focusing our, um, our initial podcasts on women over 50, we were hoping that we could be role models and present role models for other women who, as Jennifer was describing, maybe needed to have more control uh, over their lives and by listening to the stories of other women actually heard with enthusiasm that it was possible. We want to connect people with possibilities, opportunities, etc. We did a wonderful um, podcast called Living Alone Together and there were some really, really wonderful stories that came out of that. And one that really, really hit me to my heart was when um, one of our guests said she and her husband had been married for 40 some odd years and they always traveled together. And when she traveled without him after the separation, she was in London and she came out of her hotel and she said for the first time, I could make my own decision as to whether I should go left or right. That was a beautiful image. That, it really, really was. Yeah. And so many women, I'm sure, have, have learned a lesson from that. If it's not London going left or right, and it's just, it was a lesson to be learned. So I'm really happy. We were very happy about that episode. Yeah, that was, it was really revealing. But also, I thought as a, as a younger person, let's say, who's not been married for 40-some years, it also made me think about the choices I'm making within the construct that I live in. Mm -hmm. Do I want to go right or left, or am I just going? Mm -hmm. and, and I think that consciousness is what's happening in your shows. And the that, consciousness of choices. And awareness, which I right. know is what uh, you all talk about a lot. And delivering that through conversations, I understand is your your overall mission. So I just want to go back to that because I know our time is uh, wrapping up. An open space to ignite and inspire through conversations. And I felt today you had the opportunity to reveal yourself through the same conversation. You ignited ideas with one another. And I think just that moment of meeting, I felt like was a match striking. You know, mm -hmm. I could hear like you coming together and igniting one another as the foundation. I think exactly that. Which I think was, that's a great really, metaphor. Yeah, it was really a, a lovely, I, I loved hearing about that one little moment. I'd like to ask one last question. Is there an experience that you think has really anchored the way you uh, have grown into your prime time being, shaped you, let's say simply? The, the very first picture that I see of that is me being at the airport in Warsaw with my parents and our family around us as we depart for the last time or the first and last time to leave Poland and come to the U.S. Um, and taking that risk 
taking that action, taking that step, that seems to be always present around me. And that picture, that image? That picture and that image, that courage that my father had and my mother had that I saw, yes, uh, it keeps uh, propelling me to continue taking action and exploring. Well, I came, my my experience would, would be a, a young, battered woman in a bad marriage and getting out. And I think that's one of the, th- when these women sit down and they talk to me, I can really understand where they are in, in so many ways. So coming out and, and blooming, coming out of that, trying to figure out a way, figuring out a way and getting out and never having to ever experience anything like that again. Um, some women go back to those bad habits. Sometimes they go back two or three times without ever learning their lesson. I was very fortunate. I got out. I knew that was never going to happen to me again. And uh, we plan on doing a, a, um, a, a podcast on um, battered women. It's still happening in 2017, all right? When it was happening to me, um, wives were property. So it was okay to slap her around and nobody would go to jail. Laws have changed. Uh, We want to talk about that. And I I really do want to um, tell women that there is a way out and there's a happy life ahead. I think... I was very fortunate to become a psychologist at 25 and have a private practice. And the stories that each person told me that basically had them in one way or another trapped, in one way or another oppressed, in one way or another squelched, into my young, psychologically oriented mind, started building scaffolding and infrastructures inside of me as a therapist that basically all led to freedom and actualization. So at a very early age, I was really blessed with the um, ability to be able to sort of construct or engineer solutions. And that's what I think of. I think of, you know, the first years in the office where every story opened up more ways of helping people to find their way out of the tight spot that they were in because that's when people come into therapy. They're frustrated. They're in a tight spot. They feel trapped. And so knowing that trapped exists and knowing what it takes to achieve freedom or choice has been my life purpose. And I feel so grateful that I had the opportunity to learn that young. Well, is there anything that you would like your audience to know that, you know, in my limited capacity didn't get to? We've got got a number of upcoming events on the horizon, and um, we're going to try our hand at creating a beautiful retreat for women coming up in January. a renewal, if you will, with uh, an opportunity for women to discuss the loves in their lives. 
um, and what they've learned from their different love relationships. So as Jennifer was giving the example of that's never going to happen again, we want to provide a forum that's really um, a sleepover, like going away to camp and create the opportunity to have a live event. So we'll be doing more of those. We just had the privilege of, of, of putting together a fundraiser for one of the uh, homeless shelters for women here in town locally. And it was tremendously re uh, rewarding in so many ways. And we were, uh, we had the support of our entire network of extraordinary women. We had the support of everybody that knew us, said, what do you need us to do? And County attorney baked cookies the night before <laughs> exactly. for two hours. Exactly. So we were able to have a beautiful fashion show, a beautiful It was terrific. A beautiful tea and and the and the thing that is so important and, and just makes me shed a tear is that we were able to give them a check for eight thousand two hundred and sixty dollars. This is fantastic. So it was just it was just amazing that um, did you think we were gonna be able to raise so much money? I thought maybe half of that. Yes. Mm -hmm. So um, for any women that are listening, take some time in your community and try and help another woman. Try and help another woman in any way that you can. And I'll say the psychological value of it, living in such stressful, turbulent times where so many of us feel impotent and powerless as there are so many changes that are going on that we don't feel we have a voice in or can control, that to be able to give to others in any way, whether it's a one-to-one -one, uh, or whether it's something large like we had the uh, good fortune to be able to bring about and everybody who participated wound up, wound up feeling good about their contribution. So, And as, a, as somebody who went to it and didn't know all of you, again, the space that you created, the physical location, the way that we could wind around the tiny museum, the different things you had going. What I really loved was that your tea was in this one room that was the only passage to be able to get outside to the wine. <laughs> so, so I thought this was extraordinary. Tea and first. Where, and where the music was. Because you had to weave tightly in between other people and introduce yourself and meet people and you felt part of a group. And so again, thank you for creating a physical space, envisioning that, because I think that that is happening on the radio show as a listener. That again, this idea you have of creating a space seems to be extending. And though I have no other questions, I, I want to piggyback on something that you all said the first time I met you that your listenership isn't just women. Right, men uh, have personally commented, emailed, and sent us Facebook posts that they love tuning in because it's like opening up a secret door to a woman's mind, but also they enjoy it because they need some of this wisdom and love as well. So we're so grateful for that. And we had another wonderful experience where our young engineer in his 20s let his friends know, our original engineer, let his friends know that he was working with this older women, uh, these older women. And um, 
they compiled a bunch of questions about love relationships and fed them to us in our episode called Love Actually. And it was so gratifying for us to do that. And we do believe that we're going to be able to do something similar to that, perhaps through our local radio station, our community radio station. So we're ready to go. We're, we're just, you know, our knees are bent and our, you know, we're full of energy and we're really ready to go in so many really useful, fruitful directions. We were involved in, in the Women's March on the 21st of January, which was really, really important. Um, BB and Andrea were there. I had some kind of awful flu, so I couldn't get out of bed, but they went and represented Boom Goddess Radio, interviewed women there, and so it's on our YouTube channel, but the one thing I wanted to say about that day, um, women, I don't know if you guys saw the election yesterday in Virginia, but the, the model was run for something on the 21st of January. Well, in Virginia, the women ran for something and they took over. I mean, it, it was amazing to see all of the men that are now past and all of the women that are now going to be leading the future in the, in the Virginia Congress. So ladies, if you hear me, run for something. Well, I want to thank you for allowing us at the Human Communication Studio to be part of your radio show and to get to know you. And it was a privilege to be able to ask you questions. And the enthusiasm that we can hear in your voice, I can attest, is in the bodies in front of me. <laughs> so thank you for allowing us into your beings and process today. Thank, thank you, you for the opportunity. Thank you so much. Thank you for the light. For more information, visit our website, boomgoddessradio.com, and follow us on Facebook, Boom Goddess. We'd love to hear from you. Your interest powers our programs.